0: Welcome to Be Happy, a podcast by the Hepatitis B Foundation, discussing all things related to Hepatitis B. It's your host, Evangeline. And Bright. In this episode, we talk to Shaibu Issa, a dedicated Hepatitis B advocate from Tanzania, to talk about his experience related to Hepatitis B, stigma and discrimination. We talk about what he does to advocate for Hepatitis B, and how he encourages other people to speak out. More of his story here. This is also my last episode as your host of Be Happy. It has been wonderful getting to build this program with you guys and with everyone listening, and I really hope it was helpful and enjoyable for you all. Thanks and enjoy.
1: My name is Shaibu Issa. I am from Dar es Salaam uh, in Tanzania. I'm living the experience with hepatitis B and actively advocates of uh, hepatitis B in Tanzania and Africa. Firstly, I'm so delightful to be here to explain about uh, my lived experience of uh, hepatitis B because I know that I'm going to inspire many people to get tested, to to be vaccinated and to access care of hepatitis B. My lived experience story started uh, 2017 in high school. So it was the day that my brother started to feel a stomach ache for a while and decided to go for the checkup. Finally, he realized that he is affected uh, with viral uh, hepatitis. So after uh, after come back from the school, he advised me to do the same. So I went to hospital and tested And finally, I realized that I've been affected uh, with viral uh, hepatitis B. So that is where uh, discrimination, stigma, and social isolation started from our fellow students, teachers, some healthcare workers, and all people who knew that we have been affected. You know, uh, it was like we uh, we had uh, some rare disease, you know, uh, because uh, hepatitis B, is something not famous disease, you know? So everybody become astonishment. One, what is this? After the information is started to uh, to spread from the school to the people, people wonder what is this, and uh, yeah, it was the things that have been associated uh, with issue like uh, superstitioning, you know, and other. I believe that uh, we we, uh, we share sexual, you know, that so it was a lot of misinformation uh, about us. So the The existence of misinformation make our issue to prevail in every place. So when someone uh, knew about us, they started to found us and to wonder as what is, uh, have an ICB, you know, they don't know uh, even how to call it. So the first Information uh, started from the school going uh, to the street. So, uh, from the school, um, our fellow students, it reached a time even we have been isolated uh, in taking mail, uh, in class sessioning, and something like that. But I think the one who inspire people to Isolate us to have maximum stigma is doctor. You know, after admitted um, at hospital f- for the first time, uh, we have been isolated. Even uh, the treatment, the care, we are not given a proper care as other's patient. So it's reached a, a time that we have been into into quarantine. Imagine we have been with viral uh, hepatitis before COVID nineteen, but we witness quarantine you know so it was it's like do you have a disease and you can affect others people so a doctor afraid even to touch us for fear of to of transmission of viral uh, hepatitis so it was the things that give us high degree of depression you know because at that time we never knew what it is. so their treatment for us it did draw the Badly and a very negative picture for us, uh, at the patient, and to make other people to afraid even to think about testing.
0: Yeah, that sounds really hard because your doctors are, are also stigmatizing you, right? Yes. So it's like, okay, this is a trusted medical professional acting this way. You know how will other people act towards me and my
1: brother? Yeah, that is bad enough. I remember uh, we are forced to test HIV, and uh, what they thought that we have been affected uh, with HIV is so without even test us before. So they claim that we can't have B if we don't have HIV. So they test us HIV into the way that is not a, a familiar as how it is done. Me my brother we are forced to test HIV to witness uh, the result uh, directly you know so it was stressful that what if I am affected so there is no a procedure eh, to follow when you take testing or a diagnosis for the disease like that but for us it was like we are treated as uh, an animal or the people that we are going to kill the population so it was the time that we experienced a bad situation on hepatitis and that is a reason behind even our fellow students we are not ready to go to test because some of them they are witness how we have been treated Uh, so The treatment is leading other people to afraid about that. And so they afraid, and and most of them, they never go to test uh, for this because they afraid the rate of depression could kill them. So it was a very bad moment.
0: Yeah, and right, you make such a good point of like, okay, other students who also might be affected with hepatitis B or other people who might be affected by hepatitis B are now so afraid to get tested because they saw how... You know, other people are treated with the diagnosis. So, you know, it just feeds into that, you know, not getting tested and then people being um, negatively affected by hepatitis B physically.
1: Yeah, because by that time it was uh, in high school. So we admitted at uh, the first time uh, in a referral hospital. It's called Ndanda. So after the treatment, we thought about it to get I referred to the Muhimbili National Hospital. So at Muhimbili, for the way we started, it's like it was a new phase of the care and starting a treatment. So after reaching at Muhimbili, and just remember, we were a student at that time, and we we had a few weeks to approach uh, in our final examination. So we are supposed to to leave out the school and to search for the treatment uh, at the Muhimbili. And I come from a very a little area um, uh, in Tanzania. So there is more than 500 kilometers to the Muhimbili uh, in Dar es Salaam. So we came uh, at Muhimbili and we started a confirmatory test to prove that uh, we are really affected with viral hepatitis. So the first uh, screening at Muhimbili Uh, It showed that my brother developed some black spot, and it was a sign of psilotic liver. I detected to have more than 53 million viral load into my blood. So it was a situation that we were very stressed because the treatment was very costful. And according to the nature of our family, we are so poor, um, our family are farmers, so they, they don't have employment or any of days into work. So after that situation, we are required to start a treatment of direct antiviral. So we are given a tenofovir. But according to the situation of my brother, he needed a, a further treatment. You know, it's like he developed a cellothesis So... But we never been able to pay for uh, further treatment according to the condition because our family sold everything that they produced at their, in their, uh, in younger age. So they had nothing for that time. So what we did is to sell some land uh, and livestock uh, that have been have remained for the, uh, in that time, and to start uh, to fundraise, we fundraise uh, from the school to other uh, uh, organisations to the individual person, but it was not enough. We had never been able to cover uh, the costing. So we back uh, at the school, and we succeeded to do our examination. Uh, finally, it was too luck. We pass. We pass, and we have been selected. Uh, at university level, at the same university. So another a challenge ever, it was to attend in hepatology clinic after every six months. Because the school we had been selected, uh, it was uh, more than 1,400 uh, kilometers from Dar es Salaam. So it was a distance again, and our life situation, as I told you, we are very poor, so we never been able to cover the cost uh, of treatment. So it passed a lot of months without attending uh, a at clinic. And we never been able to proceed uh, with medication anymore. So without controlling uh, the situation and delaying uh, of treatment and the manage, uh of disease uh, for the time, we came to realize that my brother uh, developed a liver cancer. So it was another moment very stressful for for, uh, all of us and the family. And some people who already know that we have been uh, affected, they are still isolate us in every activity in social, in academic, in other activity that uh, we are required to do with others. To handle pressure, we afforded to stay silence, to not telling anyone about our condition. Because to telling people, it was like to tell them how to isolate us, how to stigmatize us. So we become a silence. Until my brother admitted, again, uh, it was... Uh, 2020, soon after graduation, my brother faced a clinical condition uh, in the emergency and he admitted at Muhimbili again. So uh, at this time, it was the last time to talk to him. It was the last time to see him. It was the last time of our life because after um, admitted at Muhimbili, we're striving again to find rising to the people. i back at university. And I write even later uh, to the minister and some leader to seek for, uh, for the help, but it was impossible ever. We never uh, get anything to save life uh, of my brothers. So after it's like uh, three months in, in hospital bed, my brother died in February of 2021, died for the liver cancer. So from there, I remained uh, a hopeless patient with no access of treatment, with no care, with no one even to tell me about itibokiasia. Uh, it's like myself and my mind. So... I tried harder to make sure that I become okay, but it was very impossible because the, the situation, it was uh, really threatening me because I thought like after my brother, I am following to die uh, for the liver cancer. And I had that feeling because I never see any future of my uh, hepatitis B disease. I'm so
2: sorry to hear about all your experience and that of your brother. You know, I just uh, what you guys went through and your family went through i don't think it's right in any way and so my, yes. my my heart goes out to you and your family it's unfortunate that that something like that will happen in these days yes. i understand the situation or the condition that people in your community put you guys through so this day when you look back how does that experience make you feel
0: he says he felt a sense of duty and also disappointment in individuals he states more
1: uh, at the time that I never expected it uh, because I thought about it just because you know I was a little boy who never experienced it about uh, the, the, the bad situation like that inside uh, of disease. so I feel very bad on that. I feel guilty uh, because I decided myself to go, to test, and nobody forced me to do that mm-hmm. uh, although it was uh, advised from my brother mm-hmm. and uh, my action of telling the people about my condition uh, it also makes me feel guilty because uh, there is a lot of people who have been affected with this but they stay silent mm-hmm. so the silence it, uh, it make the or it hinder the healthy thinking behavior of those people so I decided to keep this clear to make people understand about my situation. And later on, people started to condemn us to isolate us. So this is what made me feel guilty. Light. Like I decided to keep this bare to make people understand. But according to the lack of awareness and education, it ended up for the discrimination and isolation.
2: I understand where, where you're coming from with that because uh, I don't think it's it's fair to, you know, to share something, to try to help people. And then the same people you're yeah. trying to help turn around and use that information to hurt you. So uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. You know, like you oh, said, no. it, it's, not, it's not something you cause, but it's because of the lack of education and awareness. That makes people treat people like that, you know? And so the more we can educate people and raise awareness in our communities, the better things will be for everyone else. So when all this was happening, was there someone you could
1: talk to? I had no one to talk to about... uh... My situation. Mm-hmm. Although after my brother's death, I got someone from an organization called uh, Mr. Tumainu Aryoba. Uh, he's heading uh, and founder of uh, organization for medical outreach to community. So for the first time, I started to, to talk about my situation with him. So helped me for psychological support, and at least I become a better after meeting with meet with that one. So before, for the almost three years, I never met with anyone mm-hmm. who knew about a hepatitis. Although I met with the people who have a false um, information and force even other people to uh, to stay away from us. So there is a few people as a prejudice, but not uh, the reality uh, of the situation. I came to realize that, um, according to WHO, more than 300 million people have been affected uh, with viral hepatitis worldwide. And I wonder enough, uh, half of this number are residing uh, in Africa, especially uh, in sub-Saharan Africa. Started to 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 speculate, to read about hepatitis B. I came to realize there is a great burden of viral hepatitis, and I uh, wonder enough people die in every third second for this disease, and I wonder enough nobody care, nobody talk about us. So I came to realize that I have a responsibility to be advocates. Of this disease and I started to learn and talk about viral uh, hepatitis in order to save this blind community. I wanted to save the community that discriminated me, the community that isolated me. I have been a member of OMOC and it reached a uh, it reached a uh, time. I remember that I have been appointed uh, the member of HBV, uh, Global Community Ad- uh, Advisory Body of the B Foundation. So uh, from there, I started to get a lot of uh, resources for educator, and uh, I decided to, to open social media like uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, and LinkedIn in order to, to advocate and rise. Awareness to the people about Hepatitis B. So I run the movement team, and now I have a lot of people who follow my session because I came to I came to the session that is known as No Hepatitis B in Swahili, iuwe uh, Homayaini. So I came to help a lot of people, not only from Tanzania but in other nations in East Africa people from Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, uh, in South Africa, in uh, Malawi, they follow me medium and needy for the support specifically psychological support and I come to realize many people are not aware about this. So I'm so proud in helping people.
0: You know, it's really good to to see people who are living with hepatitis B right to then go ahead and be advocates not only for themselves, but for the millions of people worldwide living with hepatitis B. It's really inspiring to see your story grow and um, the Hepatitis B Foundation being a part of that.
2: I just want to kind of encourage you to keep up with the good work. I mean, I know things have not been very easy for you and it's unfair and unjust for what you have to experience with your brother at at such a young age and what you guys have to go through. But that hasn't stopped you from doing the good job you want to do in the community and around the world. And so we are very grateful and thankful to have you on to talk to us about this experience. And I hope it will motivate a lot of people who, who are either facing the same challenges, not to yes. give up and also not not to stop speaking out and continue yes. doing the good work. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you all. I appreciate the moment. This is great to me. This is perfect to me.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. Stay tuned and subscribe for future episodes about hepatitis B. If you have any questions, please direct them to info at hepb.org. You can support our programs at the Hepatitis B Foundation by going to www.hepb.org donate or click on the link in this page. We greatly appreciate all your support and thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.